message to anybody. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. I think it. I think it was um, the f- when Rabravich took over. They didn't like the fact that the Russian billionaire came in, pumped a lot of money into the club. Because prior to that, we were we were good, but like we, obviously we got a lot better with the new money coming in. But yeah. I don't see why that's such a big deal now because you've seen what's happened with Newcastle. Where they've got new owners and they're going to start splashing cash. I think. But they still you got, have no control. They've got, uh, they've got yeah, because they're currently sitting at the bottom of the league, so they've got fire mm-hmm. relations. They start doing all that, you know. what I'm saying like all the because I think they're going to emulate Man City eventually, but they have to, you know, actually stay up before they 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 pursue all their dreams. Uh, I think it's cool. I like the idea of that. I want a lower a lower tier team to just get loads of good players and make the league more competitive. I think it it's quite cool. Sick, you know, like five years from now, be crazy. Like seeing, I don't know. Pogba at Newcastle potentially like yeah some type of players look cool um but yeah uh, the league is, is it's interesting at the moment I think we're gonna win the Champions League again I just don't see anyone in Europe that can stop us to be honest you know you know that's um that's a big shout because I don't think any team has done it back to back apart from Real Madrid I'd love to I'd love to do it that'd be and... great be the first English team to do it that'd be I think we can. I just don't see any team that can really, really actually give us any problems. You say that, you say that, but then when January comes and then some players come in, some players go out, and obviously we don't know, towards the business end of the season, injuries come in. Obviously, okay, scrap all of that, just as it is now, I'd say you and Liverpool are neck and neck. I think you and Liverpool, I think it'll be an all-English final again. If it's not an all-English final, it'll be Chelsea-Bayern. But I think it's going to be Chelsea-Liverpool. I'd rather it to be Bayern so that when we do it this, when we do it, when we get it again, we can beat the same team that we beat the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat him again that yeah. many years later. Um, and I, I wanted that battle last year. I wanted Bayern. Um, I just want to see the matchup of like Davies and I want Reese Jane. I would, I'd love to see yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewandowski yeah. against Rudiger and all them guys. I thought would think that would be really sick. Yeah. Um, and how dominant they were like two seasons ago in the Champions League was just crazy. So. That'd be really interesting. But we've got Chilwell, who's going to be out for the season. You know what's interesting? A lot of football fans don't really... Huh? What happened? What happened to him? He tore his ACL. He's gone. He's out for the season. Uh, people don't really know much about injuries. People try and think that, oh, he'll be back in like a... Before the end of the year. No, he won't, bro. ACL is bad. Like, you're out for at least a season. It happens to basketball players all the time. Do you reckon, in, like... do you reckon in football they try and rush it or like fans try and rush the injuries? I mean, like, yeah, both, they... both. Both, bro. Calm. Like, yeah. In football, they, they, I think they rush it the most. Do you know who the ones, the, well, from what I know, basketball never rush it. Mm. They, they're very realistic with it and, and you're going to be out for that amount of time because their injuries are so severe and they don't like to risk it. But with mm. football, it's like they're really trying to rush it to get back. People saying that Chile's going to be back before the end of the year and there's no way, bro. Yeah. Like an ACL, your anterior crucial yeah. ligament. At the end of this year? Yeah. That's craziness. That's like a mutt. What the heck? No, bro. ACL, you're out for like eight to twelve months, yeah. and, and that's that's you like not doing anything. Yeah. For eight to twelve months. Yeah. And then after that, you can begin to start to come back to exercise. He's gonna be out for a while. Chelsea are thinking of bringing back Ian Matson from loan to recall him because uh, we need a fullback. Is that, because, is that a youth player? Yeah, I think so. Um, because what's gonna happen is Alonso will have to start, but will you'll need a backup left back? Yeah. Um, apparently Saul can play left wing back. He can play wing back as well, but I don't know. Well, that's the guy. <laughs> wing back, you know. Um, I think every player can play pretty much everywhere. Just you wouldn't be very good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Just really, yeah. 
he was injured. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, with major injury, major injuries like injuries that last more than six months, how do you maintain? Or because you're do, doing nothing, how does that? Because I need to get across how this works. Because I've never been injured. I'm not number one. I'm not an athlete. Number two, I've never been injured for that long. So how do you? How is the recovery process when you get back from injury? Now it's like I feel like it's a short space of time before you now have to start getting back into it and let get back to you know the right level of fitness or like be match ready or um you know meeting ready or like, like I don't know how how does that work? How do I explain it? How do you prepare yourself during the time you're off to remain fit? Like because sometimes you can you may be gaining weight because you're not doing anything, you're literally just sat there, you're not, you're not, you're not moving your body. I think, uh, by the grace of God, I've never been injured for a crazy long period of time. But either way, if it's something like six months, you have that layoff, you're obviously going to be going through your um, rehab work. Um, a lot of it is going to be mainly rest, just trying to allow that injury to heal. And then once you start getting ready towards coming back, you have to get back into training. So you obviously would have lost a lot of a significant amount of fitness, um, yeah. even a little bit of strength as well, endurance, all of those things, because you're not regularly training those systems anymore because you're injured you're having to rest so you're gonna have to get back into a, a somewhat you, you're not gonna go straight in and go crazy with the training you have to try and build yourself back up again but that takes time yeah. so um, if it was track it's gonna take you a while before you're probably actually ready to compete again because um you need to get back into some steady training and see where you are mm-hmm. probably do some testing to see like actually where you're at in terms of like all of your, your levels, strength, speed, whatever it is, um, it's, it's going to take a, it's going to be a process. It's not going to be a, just a straightaway thing. You're ready to compete. It's going to take time. So if, if you were out for six months, it, it might take you another like, yeah, it depends on, it depends where you are at that point. You're going to have to do a lot of testing, but it might take two to three months for you to actually get back to fitness or some sort of level mm. before you can even consider competing. So that season as a whole is likely to be not a write off, but um, it's going to be one of those seasons you have to take all of that stuff into consideration, I would say. Oh. Uh, getting healthy should definitely be the priority, depending on how old you are. If it comes towards the last stages of your career, then that might be a sign that it, it could potentially be time to hang them up. But if it's, if it's your young, like 2021, and that happens to you, as long as that injury won't have any everlasting effects, you can kind of set yourself up to, to really bounce back the following season, which can be frustrating. But the fact that you're young just shows that you can sort of move past that and look to build upon that and if possible you can sort of have a season towards the back end like if it's happened in June July and you come back around that time you can start to look to compete again like at a high-ish level maybe towards September October where there are still competitions and some championships even because a lot of championships do tend to occur towards the last stage of the year so potentially there could be some especially now when they're having to pile so many competitions on at one time because of COVID and whatever mm-hmm. um so that's yeah, I'd say that's what you would have to look at in regards to, to coming back from injury. But but just not rushing it. Like we were saying, like I'd say in football they rush it a lot. Um and I don't I don't really get why people someone's got an ACL on their ACL and they think they're gonna be back by the end of the year. There's, there's no way that's after, just like, not realistic. Yeah, even aftermath of the injury, like you know, when a player comes like he's had a major injury, I think Martinelli's an example. He got injured during his first season. He was he was slapping teams. I remember he scored against you lot. Um, and then I think a few months after that, he got injured. He was on a crazy run. Then he got injured. Do you like what's your view on that? Like that whole thing? Oh, if he fed off, like if they got injured, like people don't understand. I don't appreciate people's like lack of empathy towards players' injuries. Like everyone thinks, okay, this player got injured and they've got injured for a long time. Ever since they've come back, they haven't been the same. Like 
do people actually understand the extent to which that can affect their their um I don't like that. I, th- I think there's uh, a lot that plays into that. You've got the mental aspect. So even when they do come back from injury and they're somewhat ready like, to go, they've been out of competition or out of games for quite a while and that takes a, that can take a toll on you mentally. Um, so coming back to a place where you're seeing the fans, you have a lot of pressure because you know that prior to the injury, you were in a good place. So that will be in the back of your head. You want to come back and kind of pick up where you left off. Mm-hmm. But being realistic, that might not be possible just because of the nature of the injury. So I think that plays into it a lot. So the player might be physically capable, but might maybe not be mentally capable. So that comes into it. Um, so that's something that the fans always have to consider. It might take them a while to get back to the to where they were because maybe they know in the back of their head that they're not the same player that they were prior to the injury. And in the, not in the sense that they can't do those things again, just that it's going to take them a while to build back into that because we're creatures of habit. Rhythm is also a big, a big thing in sport. Um, so I think it'd be silly to just kind of, come to a conclusion or they fell off and also the physical repercussions of that like the energy systems it takes a long time for these energy systems to sort of be built back up again over a series of training especially when you're in a training regime like professional athletes where you train so consistently and then you go to a place where you're not training as consistently as you go through the rehab phase then as you begin to get back to sport and you're at this point where now you're ready to start to compete again you're still having to put yourself back through those training sessions to try and get back to another place still trying to get those repetitions back in so it's a gradual process. Even with him being back on the pitch is a good sign. He might not be yeah. the same player at the time, but him getting getting those minutes, logging in those minutes is going to do wonders for the mental side because yeah. um, sport is so, so mental. Uh, people like to give percentages. I think it's different for each individual. What would you say it is for athletics? And what would you, what would you estimate it for football? Being, being... Uh, for athletics... Yeah, for athletes. Uh, on on competition, competition day, it's about like 80, 20 or 90, 10. Because at that point, everything that you can do has already been done. There's nothing more. You can't go there and start training and do anything that's going to affect your performance on the day. So it's all about where your head's going to be at on that day and how you're feeling, what you're thinking. And that will have the, the utmost effect about how you perform on the day because there's nothing more else you can do. But if your head's not right, you can forget your block settings. You can just throw everything out the window and just start running in a way that you've never ran before. Mm-hmm. everything that you do there is going to just going to be like clockwork you're going to go out there you're going to run and you're not really even going to remember much of the race you're just going to do what you've been accustomed to do so yeah. very mental the physical aspect is just the, that 10 to 20 percent it's just the running aspect like you have to be physically fit to run you need to be physically okay to be able to run if that makes sense if not then you won't be able to compete you have to be physically available like not too tired or injured or any of those things that's the physical aspect of it for me Mm-hmm. And then everything else is just going to be the mental aspect, knowing what you need to do and how you're going to do it. That's what comes into it. And I'd say for football, it's um, about probably about 70, 30, 60, 40. And the reason I say that is because it's very mental as well. And all of that mental part comes from the fact that you have fans, you're in a big stadium, it's a big event, there's media coverage, you're a, you're a, a, a celebrity as such you have a lot of people that care about what you're doing that can easily comment on you like every all of their social media is open so anyone can say whatever they want about it it's more open that's the mental part it's more criticized it's more um but because yeah because football has a lot more components to it than to then to a sport like sprinting where it's somewhat straightforward um sprinting in football you have like positions you have to be aware of you have tactics you have to be aware of you have different skills like heading, first touch, passing, yeah. shooting, defending. Yeah, like accuracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have um, things to consider. 
um, that is a little bit more physical as well as mental because you have to remember those things but I'd say it's a little bit more physical because there's so many other different physical elements you need to be able to pass you need to both legs need to be in ample shape for you to be able to pass for you to be able to run there's so many more different physical things that you are doing which is why I would say this is a little bit more physical whereas with the sprinting it is one physical action of you just running whereas in football you've got a pass you've got a you have to if you're a defender you have to be able to move your feet and change direction you have to have agility you have to be able to jump you have to be able to pass you have to be able to head you have to be able to do all these different things and remember tactics but it is still more mental than it is physical yeah. but definitely significantly a little bit more physical than so what separates something like track and field. Components of, so it's just the different components that separate the two yeah just the different components just because it's more to it that, that, that with the sport you're you're it's more that you're doing in, in a sense because of the different parts that make up the sport it isn't just one movement in its entirety like sprinting just running like running is involved in the sport but there's so many other things that are involved in that mm. that make it the whole sport of football mm. that's interesting i just wanted to know like especially from an injury point of view man because i feel like uh injuries are rushed um like I felt that case in football. I felt that with what's his name, Jack Wilshere, and because he reappeared on on Sky Sports as a pundit recently, actually, which I'm happy for. I'm happy for him about that, and um, he started training with our team again. Um, but his career, I feel like everyone be like, "Oh, he was that guy. He could have been the guy." It's just that injuries just were nonstop, um, and to an extent that may have been rushing. I don't know. I need to do research on this, but. It may have been rushing, like him rushing injuries or his physios rushing, not his physios, but um, him being rushed back into play because we needed him at that point in time. And I felt like he was rushed back into into training, into games. Um, and as a result, injured again, injured again. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Uh, thanks for that insight, bro. I think it's something that everyone will do. No one likes being injured. No one likes just sitting there on the sideline. Yeah. Um, people think, oh, you'd love to just get a break. You're getting paid, but you're getting. I, I, don't, I don't think people think like that. If you do, then I don't think you love what you do. If you're happy to kind of just sit there and have money rolling into your account for doing nothing, yeah. not that it's your fault, but that shouldn't bring you joy. Um, everyone wants to get back and get back to performance as quick as possible because we have. I think it would be different if social media wasn't as big a thing, but where you can see like teams are playing and things are happening, people are performing. And you're able to see that while you're sat there, just you begin to reminisce and all that sort of stuff plays into it. Um, I think the best thing that you can do in that situation is obviously go through your rehab and follow the rehab and do everything possible to get yourself back as quickly as possible, but not rushing and not skipping any steps. And also just surrounding yourself in the environment. If you're an athlete and you're injured, continue to go to training, to be around, speak with your coach, yeah. encourage your fellow athletes that are training. Um, maybe pick up some coaching or something so you can learn a little bit more so you can try and utilize some new skills when you get back all that sort of stuff surround yourself still in the environment so you feel like you're still part of the process because if you just alienate yourself then that will make it that's really good yeah that's so key yeah and um if you're a footballer same thing man go to the training sessions hang around with your coach hang around the team be in the dressing room come down to the training sessions help out with your coach find out more about what you're doing what you can do when you get back um, be aware of whatever tactics that you're going through so that when you get back you're not unaware because if you have just been sat back at home the whole time you guys could have been working on some new tactics and you're going to have to spend some more time on the sideline because you don't know what's going on if you're a defender you've got into, to, yeah that might yeah. play into them falling off because maybe tactically they're behind they're the behind exactly the so they have to now okay cool this is how we now play maybe the manager mm -hmm. managers come in and they will just injure the whole time 
you have to come in and adapt to the new the new guy's tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have changed formation, whatever it is. We could have a new person that's come in that's been signed, or you need to familiarize yourself with them. Like all these things you need to do. So your brain, just because you aren't physically there, doesn't mean that you shouldn't sharpen yourself mentally. And that is what will play into it. Because, like I said, it's an individual thing. So if you come back and you're not sharp mentally, it will then it, it can change the spectrum from like it being more physical to to it being more mental. Like if you just come back from an injury in that moment in time when you're performing, it can switch and it can become like seventy percent physical and 30% mental because you spent all that time thinking and because the physical side can be worked on a lot easier I would say than the mental side that puts you in a better position even though you might not physically be there yet you can do that whereas if you're not mentally there yet but you're physically there I think that will have more of an innate effect and people are going to see that more because they're going to think wow he doesn't seem like he's in it but but physically you're there but mentally because you're not you don't really understand what's going on and that can have a longer uh, process to to sort of get out because the coaches might not understand that you might not be a person that's able to open up like what's going on with you mentally right. Right. so if they don't know that how can they help you because from the physical point of view they're saying he's fit he's fine he's ready to go why is he not performing mm. these are the questions that are going to be looming around when you know in your head you're not ready mm. but because you you look physically ready people are going to say what's his excuse and that's kind of where the oh, his fell off thing comes back because they think oh you're on the pitch why are you not doing what you need to do you know right yeah. so I think that's all the background stuff that happens with sport that doesn't maybe necessarily get spoken about enough. That's because so much of it is physical in the training aspect of it. Some people don't, some people neglect that time to work on the the mental aspects of it. But if if you work hard physically enough in football or whatever your sport is, it does set you up better to be able to perform because you're going to kind of do whatever you do in um, training. But the the build-up to those performances needs to be... um, mentally prepared for as well mm-hmm. i would say mm-hmm. if not then you're just finding yourself in a position where you know what to do but you're just in you can't do it you can you, people just freeze you it happens a lot in different sport the big occasions people aren't able to sort of rise to those occasions because they're not quite ready for it mentally you know right and this can have a massive effect yeah. upon people yeah <clears throat> sure what do you think um because you touched on it slightly before, like you said, um, people are sitting at home getting paid. Yeah, what do you think about? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think sports in general? This is not necessarily just football, but like sports in general, um, care more about money than uh, than actually getting out there. I think it's relative. It's definitely it differs, of course. But like, what do you think about that? Sportsmen or sportsmen sport. in general? Yeah. <sighs> I think it gets to a certain point where you want to be paid what you're worth. I think when you're a young player, you're kind of happy to, it depends. This is very, it depends on the individual, it depends on the sport. If you're a young basketball player, I'll, put, I'll, I'll try and do this in most sports that I know of. I'm not going to speak on stuff that I don't know because I think that's kind of ignorant. Yeah. Um, the, the sports that I actually have knowledge on would probably be like basketball, football, um, MMA, and like track and field. Mm. That's probably that's probably it. Other sports I'm aware of, but I don't know more about them as individuals. But I'll speak on those. So, with basketball, you're a young player. You've been playing in high school. You definitely wouldn't have made any money, but it's changing now, so you can make money off of your own likeness. That was only brought into play just this last year. <clears throat> so I'll speak on prior to that. You wouldn't have really been making any money. I, I wouldn't have thought so. But you're a good player, so your social media can probably play into that. Depending on how good you are, then you go to college, where again you're not making any money, but. Uh, depending on how good you are you can submit yourself forward to go to the draft it's a one and done system for the most part that people will go to college for one year then they um, 
sort of commit to the draft. It's the NBA and the colleges in America have like a hand in hand partnership. Um, it's changed now. They have the G League now where you can go sort of go pro. The G League is the league just below the NBA, but the teams are linked together with the NBA. So if you go into the G League, you can still uh, go forth into the draft. And because you're in that NBA environment, all of the NBA executives and people will know who you are right. and you're getting paid. So you're like 18, 19 can be getting paid between like uh, 400,000 to 600, 800,000 just off rip to play for them. And that's making a lot of money um, because there's some people in the NBA that the minimum contract in the NBA is like 1.2 million or in the case of a two-way contract, it's about $912,000. Wow. So even the worst players in the NBA, the minimum amount of money that you're going to make, even as a vet's minimum is about 1.2 million, which is a lot of money. Um, so you get drafted into college, depending on how good you are is where you're going to go in the draft. So they've got 60 positions available in the NBA each year in terms of draft spots there's other people you can come in through different ways but as you follow that process depending on how good you are depending on how much money you get if you're the number one pick you can sign like a two-year deal for like 10 million um but the two year is actually a four-year deal because you have a two-year team option normally where after that two years the team decides whether or not they want to keep you you don't really have a choice if they want to keep you they can keep you because you're a restricted restricted free agent after that point and they can decide whether to um, re-sign you then and there or let you go or whatever. Yeah. So at that point, when you're going through these stages, you're not really thinking about money. You want to just kind of get to the NBA and play. You'll get an agent and all those things, and you're aware that you're going to make a lot of money anyway, but you really just want to play. Because when you get to the NBA, all of the starlight is on you. If you're a top 15-ish pick, you're seen as a lottery pick, which is you're going to be one of the best players coming in. Yeah, so yeah. you're always going to make more money than the players after that anyway but you will have a lot of um, the light shined on you so if you don't perform it makes yourself look bad because there's this thing called a bust so if you're a top pick and you do not perform in the NBA you're considered a bust and you get a lot of um, scrutiny a lot of criticism for that and that's something I'm not playing around in it time ago yes exactly exactly <clears throat> and that ends up having a very negative effect on you. So I think with that young age with basketball, they kind of want to um, perform more than from a money aspect. But as you get older and you start to perform, then it becomes more of a money aspect. You want to get paid what you're worth. Right. If you can put yourself in a position where you can sign a good contract, like if you're playing well at the right time and your team has the available funds, mm-hmm. they can sign you to something called like a max contract, which is where you make the maximum amount of money you can make. Wow, okay. And this can vary. Like you can sign a five or six year deal worth something like three hundred million or two hundred and sixty million over that however many year periods so you can earn something like forty five million a year, and that is just your contract to the team because every player has an endorsement deal. I say every player. If you're a top player, you will have an endorsement deal, and with that shoe deal, whatever brand you sign with, they will give you normally the opportunity to make your own shoe and you'll have your own brand. And every single time that shoe sells, which they do because every basketball player wants to wear the basketball shoes of the player that which they love. Yeah. And these are all top players anyway. So people are going to buy their stuff. You get yeah. a percentage of the profits as well as the brand, but you're making money from your endorsement deal and you sign a contract with average, your endorsement deal anyway. The average, um, average they make is, do you know what the percentages they earn from the sale of the shoe? No, I don't. If I, 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 um, it, it's that's the, I think that's more like private information. I very much doubt. Oh, that okay, would, okay, right. You might be able to find it from some. You might be able to, but I wouldn't have thought they would really um, 
sort of uh, give that information out. But as you can see, it's, it's not that complicated a system. It makes sense. But when you're young in the NBA, especially, you kind of just want to, you want to perform first and, and show your worth. And then when your team sees what you're worth, mm. they want to keep you. But it's always complicated because if your team isn't very good and even though you're playing well and they offer you a max, you have to think to yourself, should I take this max and mm. stay at this team that isn't very good mm. and sort of soak in the money and see what we can do? Or do I leave, go somewhere else for less money, but a more winning team and have a lesser role? Mm. Like less minutes or not starter or not the star with taking less money, but have a more chance of winning or stay in a small market team who are going to pay you big money in a big role, but uh, you have no very, very little chance of winning anything. Winning anything, right. And, and this is the dilemma you eat. So now it's all changed. So there's super teams now where all the good players are teaming up together mm-hmm. and they take all the money. Like if you look at the Lakers now, they've got LeBron James, nice. um, yeah. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. And those three are on somewhat max contracts because a team can't afford to give everyone a max context. I think at max, they can give about three with the budget because there's this thing called salary cap, which is like in the football terms, it's financial yeah, fair yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which makes, I, I agree with it. I think it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it just means that you can't go over the hard cap and you can be penalized for it because it's just not fair for yeah. some teams that might have more money or less money for you to be able to just sign as many players as you want. It just, it just makes it fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, only about three, and then everyone else in the Lakers team is making a, is on a minimum contract, basically. So Min- these play, yeah, yeah. I'm not even kidding because LeBron makes a crazy amount, AD makes a crazy amount, and so does Russ. But because Russ was traded, they had to take his contract. No, he was signed in free agency. No, I can't remember if he was signed in free agency or if he was traded. But either way, they had to take on his contract, which is also really big. So everyone else they signed had to sign on a minimum deal. But because these players want to play with the best players in the league, being LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the likes of Russell Westbrook, they're, they're willing to take that because they have a high chance of winning the championship, which is what everyone wants to do. You have how, I don't know, everyone's time in the league is different, but you want to win a championship. So, yeah, <laughs> I kind of answered your question in a long-winded way, but yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, it was... for the most part, as a young athlete, you want to perform first and then be able to pay what you're pay what you're worth because you you dedicate your life to this sport and you want to be able to support yourself mm. your family and put yourself in a position that after your sport you can still be comfortable and not and not necessarily have to work um yeah i feel like yeah i feel like um when that, yeah when you look at the grand scheme of things i think um it's right for players it's right for players to establish first like that this is like this is their level like i'm here like like um, I'm playing at a top level now. Now I kind of know my worth. I've maybe I've won a couple of things um, individually or whether it be as a team. Now I can start to because when you look at like a lot of these players, they've come from like very rough areas or look at their socioeconomic background. They've come up rough and now they're trying to like break these generational curses of like not having any money. And so when they ask for these big money contracts, you're like, why are you asking for that much? Then you realize, okay, well, they're, they're only trying to like support their family and they're like and for generations to come so it kind of makes sense that they ask for these big money contracts um but initially it's like why are you asking for that much yeah yeah 100 percent. i think um you gotta think that a very small percentage of people in the world can do the things that these athletes do like yeah. an athlete if you go on like any job if you're looking for a job places that an athlete isn't an occupation that you can do 
if, if that makes sense, it's not something you can just do. It takes a long time. You have to get, dedicate pretty much your whole life to it. So a very, very, very small percentage of the world are able to do sport at a high enough level to be able to be paid for it. So because you're doing something that is um, so uh, special, mm. I'd like to say, yeah, um, I'd say that you deserve to be paid in a, in a way that, in a special way. In, the, in relation to what you're doing and it's the same thing in the work environment like the the more special roles the more uh sort of um top percentage roles that very few people are able to do tend to be paid a lot more because it's so rare so they're more deserving of more money because they're doing something that not many people can do yeah. that is why sports people make so much money i'd say some sports is some of them is a bit too much like i, I think um, in certain instances, footballers get paid too much. And I feel like a lot of them will probably agree themselves if they're being truthful. I'm not saying that they shouldn't make money or shouldn't make a lot of money, but I think yeah. some of it is a bit excessive when they, if they ask themselves, do I really need this much when you say, when you say money? Do you mean like, how do you categorise it? Would you say certain footballers who... I'd say... Like, would you say Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi should be getting what, they, what they're getting? Nah, you, nah. I think those two. Line, nah, they, those two. When you when you're the in the conversation of the greatest of all time in your sport, I think how much money you're making then kind of goes out the window in the sense that you're going to be having money thrown at you all the time from all yeah, places. From Brad, so it's going to be a point where you have no control over that anymore. Mm. He has about fifty. I'm sure he has about fifty. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just going to have money being thrown at you, and that's not your fault. You're the greatest ever at what you do. You deserve to compensated fairly for that mm. um but at the same time there's a thing called greed and even though you're making that amount of money right me personally i'm not going to make a judgment on the fact that they are making that amount of money because again i don't really know what they've done to get to that point but i think that there has to be a system in place available from you as a person to yeah. understand like how that money can be used for the greater good how we can use this to bless the poor to help feed the homeless to um to create systems and things and communities in impoverished areas so that people well, can be able to that now though you're seeing more yeah of that. It's exactly like, yeah using their money more wisely now um you see people like reese james he was he's given plenty of his money to charitable causes and and, and yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so many players are involved in that now but i feel like it was um i feel like there still is a bit of too much flashiness involved in it um, a bit too much, you know, buying expensive things, buying seven cars that you only drive two of them. So what's the point about drive like buying seven? Um, yeah, just a yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a line to be drawn. It just depends on the person. It depends on how they spend that money. Because yeah, they can they can they can be earning that money. But I feel like it's more dependent. It's more of a thing where if you spend that money wisely or if you invest that money in 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 the right thing, then it's not really. I don't think it's a major issue. It's just, it just depends on how they spend it. Expend it yeah, plus there's the, all the other rich millionaires and billionaires around the world. They, they I don't think they get um, as much. I think, nah, it's hard for me to say this, but yeah. I think the scrutiny should be very equalised. If you're a millionaire as well, I think um, you have a responsibility as well. People think that it's not their responsibility, but I think it is. Um, everyone has a responsibility to do what is right, I believe. And um, as a Christian, I feel that it's very important to help all people as well. No matter what you have, you can also you can always give and always try and be a blessing to other people. So you feel like and, the spotlight um, is off. You feel like the spotlight is too much towards like people like I don't know Elon Musk or like trillion or billionaires, multi billionaires, instead of like footballers who still have a fair amount of money. Yeah, yeah. I think we should be talking about these sportsmen that make a lot of money as well. 
we should be talking about millions as well. Like, what can we all do collectively to, to, to give more? If if you got a lot of sports people and you only you ask them to give like a part percentage of one of their salaries or how whatever, and they were able to put this in a pot and think, how can we distribute this across areas and places that it's needed? Mm. That would do a heck of a lot of good. Mm. Um, and I think. This isn't me just being just saying this for the sake of saying this. I think it would do a lot of good to a lot of people. A lot of people that are without food, a lot of people without a place to stay, a lot of people that don't know when their next meal is going to come, a lot of people that aren't sure how they're going to pay their bills. Not everyone is as fortunate as you in their situation. Some of this is their fault. Some of it is not their fault. I don't think it particularly matters. If someone needs help, they, they deserve to be helped in whatever way that is. It, could, it might not always just be financially. It could be from a support and well-being point of view or whatever it is. They might need to hear the gospel and need to be preached to, whatever it is. Mm. And we all have responsibility as human beings to be able to, to play a part in helping one another and being a blessing. Whether you have money or whether you don't, because you don't, and I'm not just saying this, that only rich people should help, even if you don't have much, whatever you can give, um, well, even if it isn't necessarily money, like you can give your time, you can give your ears, your heart, all these different things can be done. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't understand. If you got into the sport because of money, then I feel like you shouldn't be in the sport. I, I, like, there are some people that do that. There was a footballer who, who literally said he only plays football because he do make money. I can't remember. One of my friends told me this. I can't remember who it was. But you start the sport because you have the love of the sport. I think the money is never really something that you should kind of consider um, in terms of like why you're doing it. It kind of just comes. Because if you do that, once you make the money, you're not going to have any sort of like intrinsic motivation to want to do anything more in the sport now that you've made that money so your performances might kind of dip I think having that passion just will show will, will push you forward in that drive to want to win to want to change the sport to want to change the world to want to change people around you to want to inspire and um even with the money aspect realizing that you are making now an abundance of money you can kind of think of like how you can now use that money to make a great good because you'll kind of remember your situation and how you got there and think of all the other people that could potentially get to where you are or surpass it and that all comes because of that passion. Because if you just think about money, you kind of have that, you can develop that selfish um, perspective where you think, oh, okay, I've made this money, this is my money, I'm going to do what I want with it, blah, blah, blah. And this obviously isn't the case of everyone, but passion is what lets, sets you alight. It sets that fire and it gives you that, that drive and it makes you want to be better and do better. Mm-hmm. So when you have that, you're in a great place because you can continue to push forward and, and knock down doors and break down barriers and push through and um, whatever money that you make along the way is just a blessing. It's kind of just an additive to that. And how you use that and how you spend that all comes down to, I guess, a lot of things like how you were raised, what your mindset's like, mm-hmm. whether you're a believer in Christ, like all these different things come into play when you're starting to make those those big bucks. Mm. Um, but I would definitely say passion is the, should be the forefront as to why we do anything, really. Yeah, yeah, because if, um, if you don't love it, then there's no point. You won't find point. any joy from, from the tough times. Like when you're... When you're, because you you can get paid a lot um, for any sport, but if it doesn't for anything, it doesn't it doesn't matter sport any job, you can get be getting paid a lot. I was watching um I was watching a documentary about like investment banking. They get paid a bag. Like you can come out of uni, fresh out of uni, you're already earning like two hundred thousand a month. Uh, no, two hundred thousand a year. Um, like as a literally from like being a graduate, and then that like raises up to like almost I don't know like. A million plus and that's only in salary then you get bonuses which are like they can range from like 500 grand plus a year so you can be getting you know 750k upwards like every year from 22 from 22 year old like onwards um but i heard that they only when i was watching it that 
like most of them said that I'm only doing it for the money. I'm only like, yeah, of course I'm skilled in this. And that's the reason why I've got into this firm. That's the reason why I've got into this bank. But I'm only doing this for the money. So really and truly, they they I heard stories where they abuse like coke, they 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 go into like drug abuse, cocaine abuse, they they chat to they just do promiscuous behavior, they just get to all sorts of nonsense. And I feel like when you establish the values of why you're doing something and a purpose behind which you're doing it, then your the money is just like a the money is like a byproduct of what you do. Whereas for them, that is like the core of what they do. So if money is the core of what you do, then your values go out the window, if that makes sense. Like your values can, you can have set values or you can maybe don't have any values whatsoever. But if money is the core of what you do, it can lead to things that kind of make you act out of character or act out of what your values are. So with passion being the core value for most footballers or more, most athletes in general, passion being the, the core, the hard times that come with that aren't going to shake them the hard times that come with that. If so, for example, if an investment bank is getting paid less than what they feel that they should, they will start abusing cocaine as stories that I've heard. Whereas if an athlete isn't getting paid what their value is, they're going to remember, okay, cool, this is why I'm doing it. I love this sport so much to the extent I'm going to go through excessive amounts of pain or like hardship to ensure that I improve my performance. And if I get paid more after that, then to God be the glory. But um, yeah, passion or values core values apart from money is is important i think you hit the nail on the head um you were saying sorry you're happy i'm happy i'm happy that you mentioned i'm happy you mentioned money being like money being a like a not the root of all evil but kind of like a not a true motivator not a true like i don't know i th- i think um well i think sin is the root of all evil but um i think um money can be I think it can be the root of all evil in, in, in a lot of situations I think if your sole motivation is money like I said you're going to get to a point where um, it's, ne- it's never going to be enough if it's just like it's never going to be enough and you're going to kind of realize that money can't buy happiness you, you really can't you can buy things that might make you happy for a little while but you can't like, buy everlasting happiness you can buy everything you want but there's always still going to be something missing and I think that's that's the case with these people that just do it for money and that's what they kind of subvert to drugs alcoholism yeah it's crazy men whatever it is um that can lead you down a dark path and yeah it just highlights the need for um salvation the need for jesus it highlights the need to have something that's beyond yourself and what keeps you grounded and then for that for me that's my faith and i think everyone else a lot of people are trying to find that something that, um gives them that sense of purpose that self sense of self-worth Mm. that's not that's not money um, that, as much as people may try and make it out to be or think that it is it's, it's just not you know yeah facts now it's been interesting we completely diverted from what i was what we were planning to do but it's what it is isn't it like, <laughs> yeah man good, good little... just go with the spirit man you know <laughs> everyone's there just whatever you start talking about just 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 talk about that yeah just go with it just go with it um the last thing i would actually add is that I think the Premier League should add, uh, the NBA has this thing called NBA Cares where they have, they do a lot of charity work where they go to the communities. Each team will go to the, like, into their local community and make a difference. It's Thanksgiving time around right now in America, which we don't celebrate, but um, they will go and deliver turkeys and foods and go to the local food banks and feed like the homeless and the poor and go and just make a difference in different ways. They also have like an awards they do for like the community service, the best, um, 
player who does the most for their local communities gets an award for that, which is just an amazing, um, it just makes other players want to do more because it's an award that you want to win because they, they have the MVP award, which is for the best player. But being a good person off the court is just important as being a great player on the court. Yeah. So that I think having that, whole, having that whole initiative, the NBA Cares, just highlights that they do care and they are using their money to actually make a difference in their local communities for oh. every team. I think the Premier League should definitely um, insert something like that mm. to showcase. They do the general, they do the general like, charity work, like visiting hospitals and that, but I don't think they actually celebrate like these charitable. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'll do some research on it, but I don't know if they have like an actual awards night of celebrating these charitable causes. Um, well, like just an initiative of doing, because there's plenty of <laughs> football is very loved in this country, and I think they could do more to be able to highlight um, the fact that they that they care yeah, yeah. I don't know I'm not by any means saying that they don't do anything or that they aren't doing enough or whatever yeah. but it would just be really cool for them to integrate something like that because who would want to say no to an idea like that to be honest yeah, like, I mean you can always, always do, do more, more man. football is so exactly exactly always do more. Yeah. and it's like literally giving back to like the the millions like literally tens of millions of people who every Saturday every Friday every weekend just sit down and watch their team whether it be in in person or um or um on tv and even like other people who aren't as fortunate to go to games or watch games you know they they may but may have grown up um you know certain supporting a certain team now they're in a, a much more difficult position you know it's good to it's good for footballers to acknowledge that and and um you know just yeah reach out to the community a bit more they can always mm. do, can always do more 100 but yeah, yeah. Um, we kind of diverted and we digressed today, but guys, but we, we nevertheless, we hope you enjoyed um, this episode. We wanted to go for something a little bit different. It kind of happens like that sometimes. You just start a conversation, then it kind of just goes, and we, we kind of like that. Yeah. Having things too structured isn't always like the best way going forward. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, please be sure to share this. Let us know your thoughts, comments, etc. Share this around. Um, and we can create more content for you guys to enjoy and to, for you guys to mull them. Sir, peace out. But yeah, peace out, guys. God bless. Have a great one, and we'll see you in the next episode.